What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Builders Project podcast. I'm your host, David Narvaez, but it's not about David. It's all about Jesus. So uh, actually, funny thing, last episode, I said welcome to episode three and then uh, decided to then say welcome to episode two like three times after that. (laughs) So last episode was for sure episode three. This is for sure episode four. And this is a part of a two-part series, might be three. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but a two-part podcast about a book that I read called The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. And the first, uh, we went over the first two chapters, which really laid out the groundwork for what we're going to be talking about today. And I encourage you, if you have not listened to that episode, listen to that first, because this section might not make as much sense unless you listen to that other podcast, um, but regardless, uh, wherever you are listening from um, or watching this video, we post this all over social media, Instagram, TikTok, uh, via like short videos, and we, we actually post the long form on our YouTube channel. All the handles are at not about David, um, and so yeah, uh, I encourage you to to subscribe, r- leave a rating or a review if you have gotten value from this. Uh, from this project. Uh, this is the Builders Project podcast. It's all about building you up in your faith. You are a project that God is building, and I want to do everything I can to help you walk along God in the process of Him building your life. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we are in. Uh, going to be knocking out the next couple of chapters. Um, before we get started, though, I want to say this. Uh, we need to address... Uh, the truth about spiritual disciplines, because to be honest, the life you've always wanted is going to have to do with some sort of discipline. And you hear that word, you're like, okay, um, I've watched like eight other videos or th- listened to three other podcasts about disciplines, and you've already checked out. You're like, I'm going to the next one. Here's the thing. I'm not just talking about waking up early in the morning. I'm not just talking about something you do Um, in the morning, right when you wake up, I'm talking about a holistic way of living, uh, a, then these disciplines are just as much for the morning as they are for the afternoon as they are for the nighttime. And so now some of them will have to, will, will be traditional ones that you're familiar with that I hope to bring some better light to. But I do want to say this, uh, if you don't recognize disciplines in the right light, you're going to go about it all the right way. And so I want to start with this, um, and you can, if you're taking notes or whatever, you're listening, you must arrange your life around certain practices that will enable you to do what you, can, what you cannot do by willpower alone. Let me say that again. You must arrange your life around certain practices that will enable you to do what you cannot do by willpower alone. A lot of us here have tried to do a lot of things. Um, we've tried to do this. We've tried to do that. And the problem is we've been trying to do it just by willpower. We've been trying to make these adjustments by only doing willpower. What does that look like? Here's an example. Um, I'm sure a lot of us, the first thing we do when we wake up is we grab for our phone. And so what we try and do is by willpower alone decide to, okay, I'm not going to, I want to, re- let's say I want to pray first thing in the morning. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to pray first thing. And then sure enough, you wake up the next morning, the alarm clock goes off, you hit the snooze button a couple of times. And then you say, 
I'm not going to pray. And then you reach for your phone. Or you just reach for your phone habitually, and then you don't pray. So what is the opposite of that? Another ex- uh, The opposite of that would be, okay, I'm going to arrange my life around so that instead of me hoping that I succeed in this way, I'm actually going to succeed. So in other words, I am going to place my phone outside of the room. So instead, that way, when I wake up the next morning, it's not even there. It's not even present. Um, and so most of the time, a lot of us, if the phone is not right next to us or is across the room or in the other room, we won't get up to go get it. We'll actually get up and do what we said we were going to do. Now, of course, if you're like me, sometimes you just give in and you just reach, you grab it, and then you still go back to bed. But let me say this. It is foolish for you to make those adjustments without making other arrangements. It is foolish to make those adjustments or or make the statement that I will adjust my life if you don't make other arrangements. So don't just say I'm going to pray, but arrange your life in a way to where you're, you are more inept to follow these practices or principles or disciplines that you want to enact. And I want to say something. There is a difference between training to do something and trying to do something. There's a difference between training to do something and trying. We've all said this, I've tried, and it's not working. And so if you look at the spiritual disciplines as a form of training rather than a form of trying, I think it makes a shift because you're not going to be thinking Man, if I don't do this, I'm I failed. Versus training is a process of trying to build yourself up in a way to be able to succeed at something. Versus trying to do something, um, you are looking at the means, not the end. So when people train, they train for, let's say, to run a marathon. The point of running over and over and over again isn't to run. The point of running over and over again is to achieve a good time or even just actually finish because most of us, we ain't finishing that. Finish the marathon. The purpose of praying isn't just to pray. The purpose of praying is to grow in a relationship with God and to allow him to work through your life to walk out a greater purpose. Right To love Jesus more, love others more, and to walk in purpose with a greater empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So if we look at it, it's not about trying. It's not about trying to do something. It's about training for godliness, training for um, walking out this spiritual walk. So um, following Jesus means this, learning from, from him how to arrange my life and activities that enable me to live by the fruit of the Spirit. It's following, following Jesus means learning from him how to arrange my life. It's called priorities and activities that enable me to live by the fruit of the Spirit. So here's a perfect example. If you want to fo- truly follow Jesus, that means um, you're no longer going to go out clubbing. <laughs> you're, and, and that's going to be your group of friends. You're going to arrange your life to say, hey, I'm actually my friend group is going to be people in the body of Christ, people at the church, because they want to grow spiritually. No different than if you want to be good at basketball and you're trying to become a professional basketball player, you want to get around people that are going to be professional basketball players. You don't want to get around quote-unquote scrubs. 
You don't want to get around people that aren't training. You want to get around people that are also following in the same path that you are. And so don't be surprised when you're uh, doing these wrong activities and wondering why you're not growing in a, in a certain way. And But I want to make this clear is spiritual disciplines are not a barometer of spirituality or a way of earning God's favor. So just because you do these certain things does not mean you are a more spiritual person. I'd rather take somebody that reads the Bible once a week and applies it seven days a week than someone who reads the Bible seven days a week and applies it one day a week. The person that applies it every single day is not gonna just is not going to grow in head knowledge, but they are going to grow in heart knowledge. They are going to grow in application. They are going to grow in the way that they serve others and love others and actually do what Jesus said they were going to do. And also, they're probably less likely to get prideful because they're not being puffed up by having all of this information. And now, here's the beauty of it: let's do both. <laughs> let's get the head knowledge and also get the heart knowledge and actually apply what we're learning. But I'd much rather take somebody that is going to apply it rather than somebody that just talks about it because that's what the Pharisees did. They did a lot of talking, but Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. In other words, there's nothing inside of them. There was no heart. There was no soul. There was no spirit. It was just a dead person walking around with all of this head knowledge, but yet did not uh, really live out what God called them to. And so what we need to do, we need to walk in discipleship. And discipleship is life springing from grace, and grace means discipleship. So in order to be discipled, you have to be willing to humble yourself. In order to walk a life of discipleship, you also need to be willing to learn. And so somebody who is discipling somebody else or somebody who is being discipled, both need grace. Both need grace, but especially somebody that is discipling somebody else. Because the person that is being the mentor needs to recognize these. whoever is being mentored isn't going to have it all together. They aren't going to be able to do everything perfectly, and neither do the disciples. If you want to know how much Jesus viewed uh, or how frustrated Jesus got, just read the book of Mark. Okay, uh, The book of Mark uh, shows the disciples in all of their weaknesses and their flaws, and it shows Jesus coming down on his disciples for not learning properly. But Jesus always showed grace in the, in the process. And so spiritual di- disciplines, here's what they are, okay? I'm going to redefine what they are because immediately you're thinking just a couple of things. Spiritual disciplines are any activities that help us gain the power to live life like Christ. Let me say that one more time. Spiritual disciplines are any activities that help us gain the power to live life like Christ. It's not just prayer. It's not just Bible study. Did you know a spiritual discipline could be giving out food to the needy? How so? Well, giving out food to the needy helps you grow a better perspective on life, a love for others, and that discipline of doing it over and over again will help you grow in love for others and love for Jesus because you're living on mission. Spiritual disciplines, uh, it could also be um, when Paul talks about prayer without ceasing. So someone might miss a morning prayer session, right, the first thing they do when they get up. But hey, I'm going to – God is going to be at the forefront of my mind for the, rest of my, for the rest of my day. 
And so even though they might have missed their morning session, what they're going to do, they're going to carry God's lens and perspective on life at the forefront of their mind. That's a spiritual discipline, just as much as it is the person that's praying in the morning. And so um, that's when I wanted to reframe your mindset as to what it is. So what uh, what spiritual difference what spiritual disciplines do you practice? That's where I want to start first. Is are there any spiritual disciplines in your life? And you might be saying, Well, I didn't know it was that, you know, I didn't know it was that important. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Wrong. I know this for sure that God rewards in public for those that seek him in private. God rewards those in public for those that seek him in private. And so I'll, I will show you those that have had longevity and impact for the kingdom of God and impact in this world, even the world, and I will show you their practice in private. You don't believe me? Look at Let's just look at sports, for example. Any person, let's just say basketball, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. You don't think they practiced? People see the result of the practice, but the truth is behind the scenes, they were putting in that work. And so now in public, people see the results of that. Any of these business owners, they put in these practices of financially managing themselves and growing in leadership and personal development, and you see the fruits of that. And in the same way, when it comes to spirituality, those that have made such an impact for the faith, what's interesting and what's unique, though, about the Christian walk and the Christian faith is that it starts with being before it starts with doing. Everything else, every other accomplishment focuses on what you can do, what you can practice, what you can achieve. But what's interesting about the Christian faith is it's more about what does a person spend their time with? Who does a person spend their time with? So it's about being with God before you're even doing for God. It's being first and then doing second. And so the first question is, what spiritual disciplines do you practice? Also, what does it mean to live in the kingdom of God? Because this is where we find ourselves. If we are submitted to Christ and we are on this earth and we've given our life to Jesus, his Holy Spirit is within us, There is, we are living for his kingdom. What barriers are keeping us from living that life? Yeah, this is, I want you to do an audit of your life. You know what an audit is? And the IRS says, hey, I don't think you paid your taxes. They go over all your finances to see where you're lacking. So I want you to do an audit of your life and say, hey, in my life, why am I not growing? What other practices, are there any spiritual disciplines? What does it actually mean? Do I even know what it means to follow Jesus and live in the kingdom? What barriers are are keeping you from living that life, and how can you overcome them? Really think about how you can overcome them. It's about arranging your life rather than just sitting in willpower alone. And so a disciplined person is doing the right thing at the right time in the right way with the right spirit. A disciplined person is doing the right thing in the right time in the right way with the right spirit. And so it's not just action. It's also 
timing. It's not just timing. It's also your heart. It's not just your heart. It's also in the right way. That's what discipline is. And so with Christianity, if it comes with being with God first, then before doing with God. And so is it possible to spend time with God but not really spend time with God but not really know him more? Is it Because I know it's definitely possible to do for God and not actually be with God. It's very possible to get so caught up in in what you can do for the kingdom of God that you don't recognize that you're supposed to grow in love for him first. Because Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He didn't say, keep my commandments and then you'll love me. The keeping of the commandments, the following of Jesus, the walking in spiritual disciplines starts with love for Jesus first. And out of that love grows everything else. If you do not love someone, you're not going to act for them. You're not going to serve them. You're not going to surrender to them. So love is the foundation. And so when we start walking in this, we need to recognize a couple things. Um, A disciplined follower of Christ is someone who discerns when laughter, gentleness, silence, and healing words is called for and offers it promptly, effectively, and lovingly. You're like, wait, we're talking about spiritual disciplines. Aren't you talking about prayer? Uh, yes, because, uh, as much as prayer is a part of it, so is how you treat others. The two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so part of discipline is also part of treating other people. And we're going to get in some of these details. We're going to dive into them deeper, but I want to give you some of the, what are, what I'm thinking about when it comes to being a disciplined person. Have you ever thought about that? That discipline is also included in your, in your reactions? That you can actually be a undisciplined person because you don't you don't act right. Remember we were talk. Remember I was talking a second ago about I'd rather, I'd rather you read the Bible one day a week and act seven, than read seven and act one. Yeah, you can read the Bible seven days a week, but every single time you interact with somebody, you come you come at them in the wrong way. You come at them with a with a prideful attitude, with a pious attitude, with a condescending attitude. And so somebody who's a disciplined follower of Christ is going to discern how to talk to people. I mentioned laughter, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> laughing is biblical. Laughing is biblical. Laughing is a gift that God has given us to enjoy. So I'm, I don't want to see you, all you solemn people and say you're too serious of a Christian. Yeah, Um. I take the gospel seriously. I take my faith seriously. I take the kingdom work seriously, but I don't take myself that seriously. I'm not too important to take myself that seriously. Gentleness, silence, healing words. Um, That is what is called for, and you offer it promptly, effectively, and lovingly. How are you treating other people? And so spiritual disciplines, the best way of looking at it is almost like a sailboat. The book gives a great picture about this. The spiritual transformation is like a sailboat. Open yourself up for the wind to take you. You're opening yourself up and giving yourself a an open field for the Spirit of God to be able to change your life. I, I like to put it like this. There's an illustration that when we're born to the world, if you notice a baby's Fists are clenched. They come into the world with their fists clenched, almost trying to hold on to life. 
and when they and when we all pass away, our hands are opened. We can only hold on to so much. And the Spirit of God gets quenched in your life. The work of God, the purpose of God, the mission of God, the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit in your life gets quenched when we do not open ourselves up to the work of the Holy Spirit. And so you might be asking yourself, um, why do why aren't I growing spiritually? Why aren't I growing in the way that I wish that I was? Have you been closed off to the Holy Spirit? Have you been closed off to the work of God in your life? I um I want to, I want to tell this story, and this is how foolish I was when I was younger. I remember I was nineteen years old, and uh, I was trying to figure out my level of independence, having my own vehicle, having my own job. Um, I mean, I've been working since 14, but it was just, I was 19. I was starting to finally save up money for myself, you know, just take care of my own things rather than, you know, dealing with uh, parents and stuff like that. And I had a Nissan 350Z. I've always loved sports cars. This is like my first car, my pride and gem, paid for it myself, paid cash, you know, big baller, working at Publix, making $8 and like 64 cents an hour. Oh man, my bi my biweekly my weekly paycheck was like two hundred and thirty dollars. I remember I thought I was so legit with my my little paycheck. Um, but I remember I felt so disconnected from God, and I could not figure out why. Like literally, I could not figure out why. And you're gonna think this is a stupid story, but um. So I was, I remember I was going to a dark place. I feel like I, God wasn't speaking to me, um, not even through his word. Like even when I read the Bible, I felt empty at church. And I started to get angry and bitter at the situation, at life, and at God. And I remember that in my life, I had surveyed my big brain, 19-year-old self, had surveyed the fact that whenever I had gone through tr- trials and difficulties, I had grown closer to God. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, hey, since I'm angry and mad, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna drive around this roundabout by my house, and if I crash, I crash. Because if I crash, that means I'm going to be going through difficulties. And if I go through difficulties, that means I'm going to go grow closer with God, okay? <laughs> this, is how, this is how crazy I was, all right? Um... <laughs> So I did. I, I drove around. I drove around this roundabout, and I'm getting angry and angrier, uh, just going around this roundabout, circles and circles and circles. And sure enough, I start hitting around, you know, going around this circle, and I start sliding and sliding and sliding. And then all of a sudden, it's called understeer, and that's basically when you're going too fast around the corner, and you lose traction, and you basically go headfirst into a a curb, which is what I did, or a wall, wherever you're at. So that's what I did. So my 19-year-old self just crashed his car, which, by the way, I was working on selling, just so you know. I was, like, about to sell it. I bought it for, like, six grand, put some money into it, was about to sell it for, like, 11. This is how stupid I was. Literally lost my whole investment. Um, I crashed the car. Please show up. Bunch of craziness, dumb stuff end up. It's just stupid, stupid. Didn't have registration. Didn't 
idiot, dumb, dumb, dumb kid. I get home, and I don't feel closer to God. <laughs> Surprise. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out why that's not the case. Because I thought I knew. I thought I knew that if I would uh, prior, if I would go into th- through a tough situation, go into a difficult situation, that God would draw closer to me. Let me say this before I tell the end of the story. There are a lot of reasons we're not close to God. But I most of the time, I can guarantee you one thing. I can guarantee you one thing, and this is the reason why most people do not have a sail do not have a sailboat opened for God to be able to work in your life, for the Holy Spirit to be able to affect your life. And it's because of one thing. You've quenched the Holy Spirit with your lack of repentance. You've quenched the Spirit of God in your life because of the lack of repentance. And so when I got home and I felt like I was not closer to God, I started getting angry and angry, and I was wondering, like, God, what are you even doing right now? And then all of a sudden it hit me, and God just like showed me all of these sins in my life, addictions to pornography, Lustful thoughts, sinful desires, walking with pride, walking with selfishness, all of these evil, wretched things in my heart. And for some reason, I had these blinders on, which I could not see, because it's so interesting how we try and follow the purpose of God, but yet we quench the Holy Spirit on the way. And the number one way that I see people that are that are Christians— People that are Christians that are not being sanctified, are not being changed, aren't walking in purpose is because they miss repentance. And what repentance is, is recognizing our sin and then repenting and confessing it before God, seeking his forgiveness, God restoring us in relationship with him, and then us turning the other way and walking the other direction. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God, in his great mercy, can cleanse us and restore us, but he cannot do that if we do not repent. And so I I see, you need to, so talk about auditing your life. Before I talk about your purpose, We need to talk about your problem with sin. Are you too comfortable with it? Are you too comfortable with your your wrong habits, your wrong desires, your wrong sins? Matter of fact, even me talking about this right now even convicts my own life. And we're all on different scales, but for me... You, when you start, it's interesting. When you start growing closer to Jesus, you recognize the wretchedness of your heart. And that's what brings you to the cross even more. It brings you to the foot of the cross. It brings you to the feet of Jesus because you recognize, I cannot be good on my own. The Apostle Paul called him the worst of, the chief of sinners. And this is somebody who wrote most of the New Testament. How is it the case? Because you recognize your sinful heart. And so, 
The only way for us to truly grow spiritually and be sanctified by the Holy Spirit and walk in, in full purpose is if we have a heart of repentance. That is your first step. What do you need to change? What do you need to repent for? How have you sinned against God? And I guarantee you, if you would just walk into that and humble yourself, because most of the time the reason we don't is because of two reasons, pride and shame. We don't want to repent. We don't want to turn away from our, from our wrongful things because of the pride we have in our heart or the sin that we have in our heart. The, the pride we have in our heart, or I'm sorry, the, yeah, the pride we have in our heart or the, even the wrongful things that we desire, and we almost desire them before God. We love sin more than we love our Savior. So when we ask ourselves that question about why do I feel like God isn't leading me a certain way, we need to be able to honor our life and say, is it because of a lack of rep- rep- repentance? Is, is, is it something we need to turn away from? And, and here's how I want to say this. Um, as we keep moving forward, when it comes to spiritual transformation, if spiritual disciplines feels like a burden to you, you're not doing it right. God didn't give us certain practices to do for us to feel burdened. That, that is not his intention. If spiritual disciplines feel like they are burdening you, they, you are not doing them right. And so it indicates you're off course. It indicates you're not viewing them in the right light. It indicates that you're not walking in, in, in the proper way because you're viewing these things that are supposed to be a gift and good from God, but they're becoming a hindrance. And so it requires discernment. We must learn to respond to the Spirit of God in everything that we do. Everything that we do, do not walk by the flesh, but by the spirit. Our primary task is to use activities to create opportunities for God to work in our lives. And so that's why I said earlier, I was talking about, I don't want you to think of spiritual disciplines as just something you do in the morning. Because if you view it like that and you miss your morning prayer time, before you know it, now you're not following the Lord. And so it is a, it, as much as that's important, it's also possible to walk in obedience to him for the rest of the day, for the rest of the day. How can you create an opportunity for God to work throughout your day as a spiritual discipline? You know what I'm going to do? At this grocery store, I go to a grocery store. Let's just say you do. You go to a grocery store once a day or once a week or a couple days a week. Whatever. It's like your favorite one. I'm going to choose the longest line to spark up the conversation with someone to be able to spread the love of Jesus. That is you acting in a way that is creating opportunity for God to work through you. You're creating action. Or we were talking about earlier, uh, we are going to, when I go for my morning walk or my morning run or my workout, I am going to put on worship music instead of that garbage that I'm listening to that's pulling me away from him. Or I am going to use my walk to go talk with the Lord. Instead of listening to music, I'm actually going to pray. And what we are doing is we are giving God opportunities in our day to be able to work through us, and that is how we are going to grow. Our growth stops when we stop the Spirit from working.
And so that's what's so cool. The people that are growing the most spiritually are not the ones that spend time in the morning. Those are people that grow. But the people that grow the most spiritually are those that prioritize their time in the morning, but then also take it wherever they go. And we have a problem in the, in the modern-day church, especially in America, where people, not only do they not even do it in the morning, and not only do they definitely not do it throughout their day, but they barely even do it on Sunday. And after they do it on Sunday, they leave it there. The modern church loves to leave Jesus in the church. The modern church loves to leave Jesus on Sundays, not even the whole day, and that's what's sad. You know, you got that football game at 1 p.m., you got that football game at 4 p.m., 7 p.m., that hockey game, baseball game, whatever. You have that thing you want to do, that barbecue, and, and Jesus is already gone. Those people you probably should be having conversations with, you're not. Those people you probably should be sparking up something with in order for them to be able to receive something or God be able to speak through you, they're not. Because as soon as you left church, you already shut them off. You leave church with this. That was a really good message. All right, what are we getting for lunch? <laughs> That's where you leave Jesus. And then we wonder why God isn't able to move in incredible ways in our life. We wonder why that's not the case. And it's like Jesus is trying to say his will for your life is for the Spirit of God to touch every single area of your life. And the best way for that to start is to come to him in humble repentance and, and, and recognize the ways you haven't been living. And some of you, here's, here's what I know. If you think you don't have to repent, you've been quenching the spirit. There, there is something that you need to surrender. So for me, I'll, I'll, let me just be very honest and transparent. For me, it is my unhealthy eating habits and my diet right now. I know some of you, it might be an addiction to pornography. I know some of you, it might be the way you treat other people, that your domineering and prideful attitude. For some people, it might be the way you treat your spouse. For some people, it might be um, the way you're lazy at your job. For some people, it might be the way you lust. What, whatever that is, and, and, and we, we all go through things, are you willing to repent? Are you willing from, to turn from your sinful ways, bring it to the feet of Jesus, allow him to restore you so that you can walk on your next foot? Because you stepping into these spiritual disciplines without addressing your heart isn't going to do anything. And probably you're not going to really sustain yourself if you haven't addressed that first. And so it's a combination. Spiritual disciplines is a combination of practices, relationships, and experiences, and they'll be different for everyone. Yes, it's prayer. Yes, it's Bible study. Yes, it's memorizing scripture. Yes, it's worshiping God through music. But it's also relationships. It's also how you're treating other people. That is just as much as a spiritual discipline as prayer. If you're somebody that doesn't treat somebody right, trade prayer, if you even have a prayer life, trade prayer with treating people the right way. Trade prayer with repentance for how you've treated others. It's not just that. It's also relationships, and it's even our experiences, which 
as I was talking about earlier, in my dumb mind, I thought those experiences trumped everything. Unfortunately, it was just a matter of repentance of my heart and a change of my ways. But experiences are some of our greatest teachers in our life. And so every season of your life, it's going to offer opportunities and challenges for spiritual growth. Every single season. And some seasons might be different than others. The ones that are going to stay is going to be your prayer, is going to be your time in the Word. It's going to be your memorization of Scripture. It's all of these different things. It's, it's going to be uh, worshiping God and, and whatever that looks like. But these other opportunities and experiences, they will shift, and they will provide new areas of growth. And so seasons of growth and dryness will occur, but they are used to grow the believer. And this is where I want to end. I can tell you this. There is, not, there is not a time where I have grown the most than when I have not felt the presence of God, where I felt like he hasn't listened to me where I felt like he's abandoned me, where I felt like he's not present. Those are those times of spiritual dryness. Those are the times when you start questioning, God, are you still there? And... What I've come to realize is in those times of dryness, do you still trust God? Do you still walk in faith? If someone can walk in faith in the midst of a time where they feel like the presence of God has gone away and they don't feel like it, wow, that's faith. Because you're in a moment where you have no reason to believe. You have no, you have no reason except for you know the goodness of God. You know who he is. You remember the faithfulness of how he has always been there and been present. And so you're going to go through both. You're going to go through periods of time where you feel like you're unstoppable. And you're going to go through periods of time where you feel like nothing's happening. And both of those times, God is going to use to grow us. So I hope you enjoyed episode four of the Builders Project podcast. Um, This was supposed to be two parts, but it looks like... um, is going to be a lot of parts because that was just chapter three. Uh, some of the things that highlighted from from the book. Um, so I encourage you. Next week is actually going to be an interesting one. Um, it's about the practice of celebration, and you're like that's a spiritual discipline. Yeah, it's a spiritual discipline. So I encourage you. Uh, thank you for listening. If you wouldn't mind leaving a review, rating, like, comment, whatever, wherever you're at, YouTube, whatever, uh, help a brother out. Uh, spread the word, allow people to uh, just receive uh, what God can give them through something even like a podcast. Uh, So uh, I'll see y'all in two weeks for episode five. 
And um, God bless you. And just remember, it's not about David. It's all about Jesus. Love you all.